0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Savvy Business. Life unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential.
1: Hi, Justin Pogue. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. How are you?
0: I'm doing as well as can be expected. (laughs) Wrestling (laughs) with this lockdown stuff, but
1: yeah, yeah, everyone make it through. Yeah, everyone can relate. This will probably air in the end of June, beginning of July, but I'm sure we'll still be coming out uh, out of the midst of COVID-19 and trying to figure out how to get back on top of things. But we're grateful to have you here today. You are the author of Rental Secrets. You are helping people, um, you know, if they're going to rent an apartment, figure out ways to make it uh, cost effective for themselves and take control of that rental conversation. I think often people feel when they go to rent an apartment, whatever they give you at the time of renting, that's it, boom, you're stuck in that. And just like a negotiation for a job, you can negotiate for your rent.
0: Yes, absolutely. People do have the ability to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Because what a lot of people don't understand is that the real estate rental industry is very fragmented. And what I mean by that is, There are a lot of landlords. Some landlords only own a few properties and a very few number of landlords actually own 100,000 units and that kind of thing. So most of the people in this industry are very small players and everybody has differing needs, differing interests and different things going on. So you really do have the opportunity to uh, take advantage of that situation and make an offer and see if they accept what you're offering.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think it's very interesting that you say that because there's one guy, I remember he said they're raising his rent. He was a tenant. He was a good tenant. He had paid his rent on time. He you know, kept the apartment in good standing, um, but they wanted to raise the rent quite extensively. Well, he brought to the table and said, hey, listen, I see what the apartments down the street are, are charging. Um, you're actually going to go above the market. Um, but here's what I bring to the table. I'm, I'm a reliable tenant that's been paying on time. The apartment's in good shape. Um, but you don't know what you're going to get when you get someone in, even if their credit's good. Um, so he actually got them to knock it down a few dollars. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, but you think sometimes walking in, well, I can't do that. This is an apartment we're talking about, but that's not true.
0: No, it's it's not true. Absolutely. And the, what I would add to what, that, uh, to what that gentleman did in that situation mm-hmm. is think about what the landlord needs to do if you choose to move out. There's maintenance costs that they have to deal with. There's cost in finding a new tenant, you know, Zillow and apartment list aren't providing those to you for free. There's a cost to that. In some cities, you may even be paying a realtor for a referral for a new tenant, um, cleaning and also the apartment's going to be vacant for some period of time. Typically that's going to be about a month yeah, in a lot of cities, because people don't understand the process that someone has to go through in order to move in. It's not just, oh, yay, we signed a lease. Yeah. I have to pack up my apartment. I have to take time off to, off of work. I have to rent a truck. I have to find friends who are willing to help me move. I mean, this is a process, it's a production that takes place <laughs> yeah. for a new person to move in. Mm-hmm. So that month where the apartment is vacant, guess what? The landlord isn't making any money for that month.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's
0: worse, they can't get that money back ever. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gone forever. Um, so really the question that you're asking them is, do you wanna lose this mm-hmm. two, three, four thousand $4,000 plus the cost of maintenance, plus the cost of finding a new tenant,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or do you wanna make a deal with me, a known quantity who pays on time, who takes care of your property mm-hmm. and can keep your cash flow flowing? Because mm-hmm. from the landlord perspective, it's not so much about charging top dollar;
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: about cash flow continuity, mm. and that's where their focus is. Yeah. I always say that uh, experience. I say that uh, amateur landlords focus on charging top dollar. Experienced landlords focus on profit.
1: Interesting. I like that you mentioned that. Uh, we had the apartment I'm in now for 14 years. When we got started, the landlord had several buildings and had. Um, owned this building for a quite extensive time, he actually retired and then sold it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting, he always actually charged below the market value in the area uh, because he wanted the best tenants. He was about, I want the continuity of knowing that my property is protected, I'm gonna get the best tenants I possibly can, but I'm not so concerned with being top dollar. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the new guy moved in and he started kind of hustling some of the older people like, well, come on, you pay such a little rent. I'm not going to really hustle to get in there and fix stuff because now he raised the rents to be uh, actually in some cases above market value. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the tenants are not so nice. I-, I see some of the apartments being treated badly. And here's something we didn't talk about or you didn't mention quite that some apartment um, landlords have to go through when you change new tenants. And that is sometimes painting and the fixing of the apartment. As yeah. we've had some not so great tenants in this building, they've had to go through extensive, you know, fixing the kitchen. And I don't know what the tenant next door did, but they started like banging on the on the sink cabinets and they had to replace all of them. So imagine yeah. replacing all of that, the extensive cost for that. And now you're getting a new tenant and maybe they're paying market value, but now you have to recoup before you make any profit for all that you put into that apartment.
0: Exactly. Those, yeah. those repairs and the time that they take because that they're, they're extending the amount of time that that place is going to be vacant yeah. and also you may have issues finding competent contractors to come in and do that work mm. in california recently we've had a lot of fires um, north of the san francisco bay area mm. and a lot of the construction workers have been up there working on projects there so meanwhile people who are actually further south in the Bay Area are having trouble finding contractors to come in and install cabinets or install flooring and do these other jobs, um, because they can get paid more working on these full-blown construction projects um, in other parts of the Bay Area. Um, So it can be really difficult just to find the competent people to come in and do those repairs, and that, again, adds adds to the time involved.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we talked early on just when we got started here about when you're a tenant, that's a value tenant. You have that history where you can show the landlord, okay, here's why I think you shouldn't raise my rent because of X, Y, Z. But what if you're a new tenant going into a new neighborhood? You don't have that relationship with the landlord. How do you bargain or negotiate when maybe you want to pay less?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there are certainly ways to do that. One of the ways, um, we we've kind of already talked about in in mm-hmm. a sense is looking for those apartments that have been vacant for a certain period of time, mm-hmm. a year, a month or or two months. Um mm-hmm. even in very hot markets, apartments do stay vacant for that length of time sometimes because the leasing associate may not know how to market the property effectively. And there's a lot of turnover in mm-hmm. property management people in general. That's just indicative of that particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, It may it may have stayed vacant because the view from one of the windows is not as desirable as other places. Um, There was one property in California that I was managing that stayed vacant for two months because due to uh, due to certain fire codes, there had to be certain things over a particular window um, and that caused the apartment to stay vacant for two months. and so being aware of that vacancy is, is one way that people can- um, How do they
1: do that? How do they begin to know what's been vacant how long?
0: Oh, you have to ask. get you secret. can ask. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what happens when people come to an apartment building, mm-hmm. or actually it starts with a phone call, and they'll call and you'll say, I'm interested in a two bedroom apartment. And the leasing associate will say, great, we have two bedroom apartments available. And then they'll ask you a series of questions would you like it to be near the pool um, or the courtyard? Would you like it to be on the first or second floor? Would you like it to be near the laundry room? As you're answering these questions, mm-hmm. they are crossing apartments off the list of what to tell you about because they don't fit your criteria. Mm, okay. now. So there may very well be 10 apartments at this community that are available, mm-hmm. but based on the way you answer your questions, they've crossed some off the list. So they're not even gonna talk to you about those. So now what's happening is, now, if those reasons that you gave them, the answers to those questions that you gave them, if those were things that you truly needed, if you truly needed to be on the second floor next to the swimming pool near the laundry room, then that's perfectly fine. But if what you were giving them were more wishes or wants, Mm Now you've created scarcity. Maybe. Yeah. You've created scarcity in your own head because they'll tell you, great. We have one apartment that fits your needs. And I do have some appointments this afternoon. How soon can you get here?
1: Yeah. So
0: now you're thinking, Oh my gosh, they only have one apartment. I need to get down there. I can't negotiate. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. So you're putting yourself in a very poor frame of mind to negotiate and really ask those questions, asking which apartment, which apartments are your long-term vacant apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, and which apartments may not have that desirable view, um, and really go on the tour because that uh, that apartment that I mentioned that didn't have the desirable that didn't have the desirable view in California,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what was going on is people would walk into the apartment, they'd walk to the the master bedroom door, they'd see the view, and they turn around and walk out, and that's why that apartment stayed vacant because since they turned around at the master bedroom door, they didn't see the double closets. They didn't see the master bathroom that we had just remodeled. So to them, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So when they got back to their kitchen table, like which apartment do we want? Well, we don't want the one that's missing the bathroom and we don't want the one that's missing the closet. So that one gets cut off the list right away. Wow. Um, so the solution was actually to put curtains over that window. Not so much because people wouldn't come in and open the curtains and see the view that was there, mm-hmm. but once they open the curtains,
1: They'd already seen They're the other room.
0: room. They're in the room. Mm-hmm. They, turn, they open the curtains. They turn around. Now they see the master bathroom. Now they see the closet. So now those things exist wow. when they go back to have that conversation.
1: That was such an easy fix.
0: It is, but you have to get in the mindset of the renter, the person who's looking, and understand wow. the process that they go through. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens is people will take one or two days and yeah. they'll go on this whirlwind tour of yeah. the of the neighborhood that they're interested in. And they're going through this so fast they're not really taking time to ask some of the questions that we've talked about today. Wow. And if anything gets missed or they don't see anything, it it's just like it doesn't it's just like wow. it doesn't exist.
1: Well I have to tell you Justin, okay. go. You just helped us out because we went for a whirlwind tour of looking for apartments in Houston. And we just did that. They did the exact same thing. Oh, do you want to buy the pool? Do you want it? And really, I don't care. I was like, okay, we'll take it by the pool, but it was just like, whatever. Okay. If I had a preference, I'd want it over here. I'd want the first floor or not floor, but I didn't even consider that I could be crossing off other apartments. And the other thing I, I saw that was weird is every place we looked at online had different pricing than what they told us at the table like sometimes several hundred dollars up. Are they up costing it on purpose to, you know, see if they can get it? How does that work?
0: How I have always rented properties, because I'm also a landlord too, and I've worked for property management companies. And my advice to people is, if the price in the ad is different than the price when you get in the office, run. Really? Yes. Because... (laughs) property management and renting apartments is a people business you're trying to establish a relationship with someone who you are going to be working with as a matter of fact i say renters are partners in the landlord getting the most out of their investment Mm. but you're trying to establish a partnership you don't start that relationship with something that's not true
1: Mm.
0: and that's where that conversation is starting so the price in the ad should be the same or higher than the price in the office. If they're going to make you some kind of deal in the office, then that's perfectly fine. But Mm -hmm. they shouldn't say, oh, you drove up in a Mercedes. So your price is slightly higher and you won't care.
1: (laughs) I found it interesting. I don't know if that's true, uh, Justin, but we're moving from New York. So the Uh first question they say is, where are you from? Because they can hear we're not from Houston. And we're like, oh, we're from New York City oh, okay, we get down to talking, and they ask what we want, and all of a sudden the price is three, dollars $400 higher than what's in the ad. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. And they say, oh, we just talked to a Wall Street guy last week, and he's moving it. I'm like, we're not Wall Street, dude. But yeah. see, I think they had in their mind, oh, you're from New York City. Well, your cost is... And I was sitting there like, why are the costs higher than what they're showing online? So,
0: like, if, you, if they wanted to position that property for New Yorkers moving to Houston...
1: Mm-hmm. then
0: they should have advertised it as such priced it as such and done the amenities as such and then you're working with that clientele yeah if that's what you wanted to do mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it's kind of a shady move to uh to treat people that way just based on where they're from or what car they might be driving or your impression of how affluent they might be <laughs> That, that's, not, that's not a good way to start that relationship.
1: Well, I like that you told us that. That's a great piece of advice. Now, uh, what have you found is the biggest myth that people carry with, with regards to going to rent an apartment?
0: The biggest myth that renters carry about landlords is, oh, as a landlord, you must be off in the Caribbean on your yacht sipping umbrella drinks while I'm here in the salt mine slaving away at my job to pay this rent. Mm. and I do a live presentation and I have a picture of just that image and then I say, that's the myth. The reality is the other, the second picture I show them, which is this lone hand reaching out over the waves of the ocean and that's all you see because that's how most landlords feel. Mm. When people invest in a property and none of the real estate seminars that I've gone to have really addressed this issue at all, Mm -hmm. you are becoming a small business and you are taking on all of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, human resource issues, because you got to hire vendors, maintenance issues, there may be environmental issues, depending on what's going on your pro- with your property. Mm-hmm. Customer service, marketing, legal issues, all of these things are now your responsibility because you're the owner. Mm-hmm. And everything related to that property is now your responsibility. And no real estate seminar I've gone to has really presented owning property from that perspective. It's just like they assume You'll have people to handle this and the money to pay them. And if you don't, well, that's not my problem. I've already sold my seminar. I'm off to deal with the next group of people in the next city. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the myth that landlords have all of these resources and money and that they're well they're all wealthy individuals.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, because what's going on is most landlords, as we mentioned earlier, are kind of small mom-and-pop concerns they may own a few they may own a few properties but something else to consider is even the larger apartment uh Mm -hmm. corporations a lot of their ownership is pension plans Mm -hmm. where the 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 where the teachers or firefighters or whoever their their pension plan has invested in that real estate company so it's not just this, oh, all of you big Wall Street people who are making all this money. I mean, there are real people who are who are middle class, lower class, who are invested in these things and who are looking at um, receiving some return on their investment. So there's a whole ecosystem around this. Yeah. It's not just the guy on his yacht who's uh, making money for his next martini.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because I have a good friend who just got into real estate and bought her first... Um, one well it's she's renting one apartment um in queens and she thought oh this is gonna be easy you know well you come into this idea that i have this property it'll be easy. i did too i think when you get it on the market how hard is it to sell everyone needs a roof right Mm -hmm. didn't even consider like you were just mentioning oh they came in saw there was not a good view and they walked out I didn't even consider that might happen. So mm-hmm. here she is, she's with the property, but things have started to get tough and she's having trouble keeping her tenants. And, and then of course you have to make sure you get a good tenant that pays on time and they don't mess up the apartment and like all the stuff we talked about before. So it's not been an easy trip for her. In fact, there's a lot of times where she's having to pay that a pocket as long as well as her house. So now she's not making an income, it's actually costing her. So Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think that just like what you're talking about, you're talking about this big faceless, it's like a bank or something that owns this vast amount of endless money, which is not not the case. And most business owners is you don't have this vast amount of income just rolling in from nowhere. You got to keep it going.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And your relationship with your resident is the foundation to keeping that going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, this has been such great advice, Justin. I just thank you so much. We're going to get a copy of your book and find out more about you. I'm sure you're doing more seminars. How can they find out all about that?
0: Absolutely. So um, the website is rentalsecrets.net and it's available there. It's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble and all the usual book suspects. Um, I can also be reached uh, on Facebook, Twitter um, and LinkedIn. Um, And this is a copy of the book right here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I gotta go get mine um, today when we go hunting again I gotta make some good questions
0: lined up. yeah yeah and they can also reach me at Justin at rental dot net
1: awesome well everyone whether you're looking for an apartment right now maybe you know a friend who's looking or about to have their lease run out and how to negotiate better for it go out and get rental secrets dot net and go to Amazon buy a copy today and thank you so much Justin for coming to savvy broadcasting
0: oh you're very welcome That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.